a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. And the problem that God has with that is that he didn't command it or institute it. He, he, he only wants images that he commands and institutes to be made. And when he makes himself, when, it, when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then do this. And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology is that it, it takes everything away of the gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know? Wow! That's amazing! Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great! Hey, hey, welcome to Table Talk Radio, your one-stop hey, shop hey. for hilarity. Oh, yeah. Theology and Churchmanship. Excellence, <laughs> excellence and Christian Lutheran journalism. Christian Lutheran journalism. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's it. Where's I, a bumper sticker? Maker? I was just thinking we have the. I want to get a printer that prints out bumper stickers and T-shirts. Okay. Yeah, you should do that. If any, if you were wondering what I wanted to get this morning, uh, do they have that? Anyone out there in uh, radio? Oh, you out there yeah, in radio you just, land? You what you do is you take your T-shirt and put it into the in tray of your inkjet printer, and I'm sure that'll that'll work. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <That's> sweet. <laughs> I was thinking we have this disclaimer on our on our. Um, ending show you know the, the theme music at the end for that very Nobody reason ever hears for, it though. for when <laughs> you know you're busy mocking the voiceover guy or or making jokes you know, is this a joke nobody makes you? it to the end that's the point <laughs> i'm sorry let me be more serious we have this disclaimer though it's like it, table talk radio is not for everyone a, a sense of humor is required for example yeah too bad we don't require that of our hosts. Uh, we should. Well, uh, in today's broadcast of Table Talk Radio, after buzzwords and email, we're going to play some hashtag theology. I love that game. Oh, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> we're... Is... We are so obnoxious. Hey, speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy. buddy. <laughs> Been busy hate-tweeting wiki, hashtag wiki14. Oh, are you sabotaging our hashtag theology hey. game today? Hate tweet. <laughs> even, I'm going to look that up. If hate tweeting is a real thing or I just made it up. Just hate tweet. Hate tweeting. And uh, we're doing... The thing about s- Twitter is, you know, we just... I just had someone join our Facebook group, Rightly Divided uh, Bible Meditation Group. Everyone else should join. I just had a troll join on there who wanted to sell T-shirts or sunglasses or something. And they got on there and they spammed us and I deleted the, the post and I kicked them out of the group. It's nice. But you can't do that on Twitter. Anybody can hashtag anything on Twitter. You can't block it. Now, wait a minute. What? Uh, Only certain people can read the Bible? So if you're in business of selling sunglasses, you can't read the Bible in your group? Is that it? Right. That's true. Okay. It's Um, like, it says, you know, the the note on there is like Genesis 23, the funeral of Abraham, and, uh, and, and, or the funeral of Sarah. And, and there's notes on there, and people are talking about how it's really the, how the, 
Abraham buying a tomb as a confession of the resurrection, and then the person says, "Great post. Here's some sunglasses. I love." <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I like that on my church website. It's like, "Hey, wonderful post. You should keep up the hard work." I'm like, "Oh, thank you. At least I'm getting some credit around here finally." <laughs> and then you realize it's a machine that <laughs> yeah. said it. Oh. <laughs> All right, and then we're gonna do a kind of a modified version of transiting evangelicalisms. We'll explain that when we get to the to that uh, third segment. And then oh, I got to this email I just wrote. I got, I mean, <laughs> that reminded me. That reminds me. All right, continue. Uh, finishing up the game with Bible B. Uh, did we have a modification on that game today, too? No, I don't think so. I was just u- going to use it to, remember, I was going to use it to promote this new blog. Oh, but as got. it turns out, you don't need to play a game in order to do that. It turns okay. out that I'm just, uh, <laughs> speaking of promoting, speaking who wants to come to Israel? <laughs> shameless plugging. Hey, I'm not going to promote our trip to Israel with you anymore. Why not? You hanging oh, around. come on. You're, you know. I'm helping. You're, you're, you're Ten Commandments. I'm not playing also Ten Commandments in the news with you anymore. Fifth Commandment. It'll be like Israel, <laughs> violence in the Middle East. Who wants to go to Israel? Who wants to go to Israel? Fifth Commandment. <laughs> you are terrible. So okay. anyway. All right, so do you have an email for us? Or I guess we should do buzzwords. Why don't you go first with the buzzwords? All right, where is it? I got. I, I have an email open. Here, let me. Here it is. Here's my buzzword for you: ecumenicism, or as some people like to say, ecumenism. How do you pronounce that? I think you had it right the first time. Ecumenism? No. Or ecum- ecumenicism? Yeah, that one. Don't worry, if I can't pronounce it, That's an it, extra syllable, though. Ecumenism. <laughs> I think, I, I always said ecumenicism, but I think it's it's actually, the word is spelled ecumenism, or ecumenism. Anyhow, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always big on pronounce, precise pronunciation, too, you know, so this is kind of throwing me off. This refers to a movement or effort promoting unity among Christian churches or denominations. In a more general sense, it may refer to movements promoting worldwide unity among various religions, what we call syncretism, through greater co- cooperation and improved understanding. The idea is normally expressed in its adjectival form, ecumenical in terms such as ecumenical thinking, ecumenical activities, or the ecumenical movement. In a special sense, it is used of the early church councils, terming them as ecumenical councils because they were recognized and adopted by the early church at large. That's a good point. Critics of the modern ecumenical movement see it largely as giving up on the issue of truth and theological doctrine. It concentrates on getting everyone together outwardly under compromise formulas like evangelicals and Catholics together, the Lutheran, the recent Lutheran-Vatican Joint Declaration on Justification, Gag. also known as the Joint... What is that called? The Joint, joint Declaration on Justification? Is that what it is? J- yeah, but the, Dr. Marquardt had a name for it. The, uh, the Augsburg... Recession or something. Oh, right, anyway. right, right, yeah. Ecumenical activities as found in Promise Keepers. Now, it, I'll, I'll point out, that's so far Theopedia. I'll point out the um, the fact that the ecumenical councils were the precise opposite of the ecumenical movement in that the ecumenical councils got together and said, hey, where's the line of the church? Where, where does false doctrine start and true doctrine end? So if you're an Aryan heretic, you're out, buddy. 
Uh, now, the modern ecumenical movement says, oh, you're an Aryan heretic? You're in. <laughs> okay. All right. All. So my theological buzzword for you is basically the same thing, and that is exclusivism. In Christianity, refers to the fact that Orthodox Christian doctrine maintains only faith in the Jesus Christ of the Bible leads to salvation or heaven. Christianity is exclusive in that its teachings indicate that the faith uh, of other sects or religions will not lead to eternal life. In other words, that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Kind of like what Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, Similar. <laughs> this is contrary to today's pluralistic environment, which would suggest that in the old saying, all roads lead to Rome, so all faiths indeed lead to God. Got it? Got it. Oh, do I ever. Okay. So, let's go to the emails then. Oh, man. I was just on the email, and now I had to... I went over for the... All these pages, I have to have up my email and my my Theopedia and my Twitter. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Where is it? I just had a great email from Kathy in Oregon. No, Wisconsin. No, Wisconsin. No, New York. Uh, one of those foreign countries. Yeah. We got all these foreigners listening to our show. And now it won't come up. What happened? I'm being sabotaged from all my hate tweets. Oh, here it is. Lisa. Lisa writes, two things. Dear Pastor Wolfmuller, the advice to treat those people speaking for God by writing it down is very good. Remember that? No. Remember how we had a writer who, uh, a listener who called in and said, when, when a Pentecostal gets up there to prophesy, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. should say, hold on, let's write this down, and we'll publish it in the back of our Bible. Yes. Having come, uh, Lisa continues, having come out of the Pentecostal movement style of church, I tried to write down all the prophecies that would occur each Sunday. It was impossible. It would be great, practical, charismatic, loves to be practical, way for them to be in Scripture and need to decide which is truly infallible, the Word of God versus the church's members. <laughs> uh, but Lisa continues, please encourage your listeners to be gentle with those stuck in these churches. They only know part of the story. Those who speak, quote, prophetically are very, very manipulative. I can't say that they know it. They believe their words are from God. They also are adept at connecting the prophecy to Old Testament Scripture. Remember, it's always uh, all these prophecies are always like two words from this verse in Isaiah, three words from that, and you're like that doesn't make any sense at all. It must be prophetic. <laughs> you know, I I think that'd be interesting that you, know, you say, "Hey, I, I'm against this because uh, you know we don't think that the people are, are infallible." And you go, "Well, it's not infallible. It's you know lesser than that." Are you, do you really want a word from God that is fallible? I'm not sure that's, that's such a good idea. It's not fallible, just not infallible. You know, it's the <laughs> yeah. in the middle. It's in the middle. Potentially fallible. All right. Uh, Lisa continues. We'll have to finish this on the other side of the break, huh? Yeah, let's do that. When we come Man. back from this break, the uh, rest of the email from Lisa, and then hashtag theology, the moment that Pastor Wolfman has been waiting for all his life. We'll be right back.
feature audiences only. This is Table Talk Radio. I've got a million followers that want to follow me. I don't really know them and they don't really know me. But we share lots of pictures and talk of lots of things. But slowly we're turning to a great big family. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Lisa continues. Uh, Lisa's interrupting our game. Lisa, Lisa. that's very rude. Come on, Lisa. Uh, Lisa continues, Luther's kick the dog, comfort the child is reassuring. When I think back to when I was energetically submitted, supported, married into makes me cry a lot. I'm so grateful for you, plural Lutheran podcast, clearly showing the distinctives of truth versus heresy. Wait a minute. There's other podcast. There's other Lutheran podcasts out there. I've heard of such things, but I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, there's a Bigfoot. Sure. You know, Point two, Lisa continues. Oh my, you two completely botched the abortion uh, Ten Commandments in the news section. Please do some research into ectopic pregnancy. Once a zygote fertilized sperm and egg. You remember that business? No, I don't remember any of this. All right, so remember, there's someone running for some office in Texas, and uh, she was. It, she remember she was humanizing herself by saying that she had two abortions. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it was a question of, and I don't, and I, I at least I don't think we would uh, actually address this because one abortion was an elective abortion, the other was an ectopic pregnancy. Uh, where she had the um, the baby aborted, and there was a and the in the news story it was talking about how which one counted as an abortion or not. Now uh, Lisa continues um, with an ectopic pregnancy, the uh, the zygote cannot live when it implants into fallopian tube. Both tiny human and mother will die. To stop an ectopic pregnancy is not an abortion because it's not elective; it's a medical necessity. It's a tragic situation for family. Please learn more about it. Now, this is so. This is true, and we didn't point this out in the thing, but we should have. So hopefully we didn't say anything opposite of that. We just didn't actually neglect it. Uh, Lisa continues, There isn't a way to transplant the tiny human into the uterus. It's sad that we can transplant lungs, hearts, kidneys, can't transplant a baby. Respectfully yours, Lisa, from New York. All right. Thanks, Lisa, and uh, thanks for pointing that out. So for clarity's sake. All right, and also, if you have something you'd like to talk to us about, you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. Got it? No, I wasn't paying attention. No. I'm checking out Twitter. All right, let's play Hashtag Theology, then, since that's yeah, what man. you're doing anyway. This is... Uh, it's nor- that's what I do the whole game now. <laughs> You know, Facebook is old school, apparently. You're just you know what all the cool kids are doing? All the cool kids are doing Instagram. I wonder how how can we do an Instagram game? I'm I'll o- work on that I'm while okay we play this I'm okay with not one. doing Instagram. You don't even know, man. I know. You, uh, you, Twitter. I, I did know that uh, your daughter Hannah is a celebrity. She is. It's crazy, except for it's a secret because it's an anonymous account. Oh, oops. Anyway. <laughs> Well, it's <laughs> uh, you got to anyway. protect the children. <laughs> uh, all right. So in uh, hashtag theology, I think how this usually works is that we uh, think up a hashtag uh, thing to look up, and then you are on there and you're looking up things online. So let me think of something that we could look up on Twitter today. Uh, let's see. How about? How about hashtag wiki14? That sounds really trendy. I don't know if, you've been, if there is that. Let me type it in here. 
<laughs> hey, look at this. You know, uh, this is how come we're we're in a, a bit of a I think we're in a bit of a creative rut, and I'll tell you why. Okay, uh, there is apparently this thing that we didn't even know about until just a couple of weeks ago. The Five Two Network down in Tejas, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. And so we were watching the video of the guy and um, called called his church theological cross dressing. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Started a firestorm, uh, and by firestorm I mean. Three negative comments on a Brothers of Java Step Festing. <laughs> right. I remember this now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> Crazy. Well, anyway, it turns out that that same crowd is having a wiki conference today and yesterday called Wiki 14, which I've been following the hashtag. Really? What a coincidence. I don't know how yeah. I get. And, you know, and I've been, I've been hate tweeting. <laughs> This is, Carrie says, would you stop it? Because I'm making all these hilarious, I'm just laughing. Oh, man, I think I'm so funny. I'm just cracking myself up, you know, with all these hate tweets. And uh, and Carrie says, you always forget that there's actually other people on the other side of it. Well, let's see. So let's Uh, see. (laughs) Carrie can be your churchmanship monitor. (laughs) <laughs> your your churchmanship dropped below twenty there on that. I that's right. You are that honey. You are no fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Wiki fourteen. Here's a ton of stuff. Um, here's one. Uh, that, now one of the problems with you know the the Twitter, you know the Twitter, <clears throat> you only can use a certain number of words, hundred forty, hundred sixty something. Do you know how many? Hundred, it's a number of characters. It's not very many. <laughs> That's like saying going to someone in a foreign country who's never uh, ridden an automobile before, saying, uh, "There's an alternator or an engine. Do you know which one it is?" <laughs> you you try to act ignorant of these things. Uh-uh. You're secretly obsessed with them. <laughs> yeah, That's all I dream about night and day. Anyway, there's something. There's a parallel between you're not doing Facebook. And the priest's being forbidden to get married. There is no such parallel. <laughs> I said, by the way, the other day, someone said, we need, to f- we need to get a grip on how social media is changing things in the church. And I said, I think we need to get a grip on how electricity changes things in the church. <laughs> I think we're that far behind with addressing technological change. <laughs> so, so if someone could work on the theology of electricity, I would be grateful. Do you, have I told? Okay, at Wiki 14. I got to stick with the point here. Um, here's one. We don't go in preaching the gospel because we are the gospel. Hashtag Wiki14. False. <laughs> so this is this is the whole thing. Um, remember our your friend, uh, St. Francis of Assisi? He always said this thing, uh, preach the gospel always when necessary, use words. Didn't we figure out that that was wrong, that that actually St. Francis didn't say that? I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, we'll attribute it to him because he's not here to defend himself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Good strategy. (laughs) Uh, But see here, you know that passage in Romans, I think it's chapter 10 somewhere, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God or seeing people's good works. Remember that verse? No, say it again. I, I'm looking at this next Faith tweet. Faith comes from bigger. hearing and hearing the word of God and oh, seeing yeah, people's that. good works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's from uh, Romans 19. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the problem. 
The, okay. the faith comes from hearing the word of God and the word of God alone. So uh, our holy living is not going to impart faith to anyone. So we cannot be the gospel. We can proclaim the gospel. We can preach the gospel. We can confess the faith. We can confess the creeds. But we cannot actually be the gospel. Now, I will have this little caveat that it is true that if you're um, living in open, unrepentant sin, people probably don't—well, uh, the, the gospel you preach is uh, not taken seriously because they think that you yourselves don't believe it. You are appearing to be a hypocrite. So there is that. But that aside, your holy living does not actually bestow faith to anyone. Hater. Because if if it did, then we, I mean, anyone who has this so-called civil righteousness, this outward righteousness, would be proclaiming the gospel. So here you have these, uh, you know, maybe your your Muslim friend that lives in the cubicle next to you is is somehow preaching the gospel. Your Mormon friend, your Jehovah's Witness friend, they're all preaching the gospel. Look, I can't, I can't listen to all this hate coming out of your mouth anymore. Okay, let's do another one then. Why do you um, hate the lost? Let's do... <laughs> Um, how about Ed? This? You're so divisive. How about this time we'll do uh, Wiki 14. Okay, here's another one. The sacramental imagination values a mystical rather than an exclusively logical understanding of the gospel. Hashtag wow. Wiki 14. Hashtag that made no sense. Okay, give it oh, to me. Oh, come on. Give it to me again. You're so hate filled. I'm going to have to start listening. Ed, critical. Okay, let's. <laughs> Hit me with Pay it attention. Again. You didn't learn. You, if you were more imaginative and creative, you would have gotten <laughs> it the first time. That's probably true. The sacramental imagination values a mystical rather than an exclusively logical understanding of the gospel. Hashtag Wiki fourteen. Okay, I don't know what sacramental imagination is because uh, the sacraments um, are the God's <laughs> promise of forgiveness attached to means. Uh, what? You are so close-minded and dogmatic and rigid and a lost hater. And, and, and other things people say. <laughs> You're anti-sacramental. So, I mean... <laughs> you, Since, you, your negativity like this is not the gospel. I want you to be your presence to be gospel. And you, with your negativity... You are like a... I, I, I you're mean, like a theological black hole, is what you are. I'm you just... suck the energy and the joy. <laughs> this I don't know what I do not know exactly what Paul meant when he said quenching the spirit, but it's probably exactly what you're doing. I'm just thinking about the group standing around Moses when he's holding up this bronze serpent, and they're going, "Hey, imagination! Look at <laughs> look at this! Look at this silver uh, fox! You should check this out! Oh, look! I how can't cool stand this the is. negativity." <laughs> <laughs> or, or when Naaman was told to wash in the Jordan. Oh, the, he see Naaman had some sacramental imagination. He's like, I can wash in any of these rivers. Look at the Euphrates; it's so much better. That's sacramental imagination. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. X. 
Table Talk Radio, the low-calorie Lutheran radio game show. Welcome back to the Lack of Imagination show, Table Talk Radio. <laughs> okay, so... What, what did you say about this? I, hold on. I was, I was, <laughs> the sacramental imagination values a mystical rather than an exclusively logical understanding of the gospel. Now, look at... Remember how... this is? Uh, the, these guys are, have this completely backwards, which I'm not surprised. In, in about, there's about 17 different things that are wrong with this. Number one... There, you remember the whole business with three, the three ladders, moralism, mysticism, and rationalism? Remember that business? Yep. yep. Now, if, if you, we, when we start to look at that, we see a trend, and that is, the, these are all false, by the way. Moralism is getting to God by being good. Rationalism is getting to God by being s- smart or being right. Uh, uh, mysticism is getting to God by being touched on the inside. Now, the problem is that if you know anything about this, you know that mysticism always loses to to uh, to rationalism. Rationalism always loses to moralism, and moralism always loses to mysticism. So that you go from uh, uh, you go from the spirit to the mind to the will, and then to the spirit. It, it, this is this is this is the way it goes. So this is why all the confirmation kids uh, end up becoming uh, Hindus. And then they go and become atheists, and then they go and become Peace Corps, and then they go and become Buddhists. It go, that's the rotation. So now the problem with this with this uh, with this tweet from five two, the sacramental imagination values a mystical rather than exclusively logical understanding. Is they're pitting mysticism against rationalism, and they're trying to go the opposite way on the devolution of man's spirit. <laughs> they're trying to go from rationalism to mysticism, and they're totally skipping the step of moralism. But see, this is so, a, well, which which is what we this is, I mean, this is an idolatry fail. <laughs> which is funny because we actually have I don't know uh, anyone that I can think of that would be climbing the ladder of rationalism with. Well, I guess I do with the sacraments, but. Um, so you you might have like uh, the reformed who try to rationalize that this is uh, the presence of Christ uh, spiritually, but not you know literally physically. You know, so that's I guess that's kind of a, a rationalism in the sacraments. You have um, uh, the ladder of moralism in the sacraments with with Rome, right? So that you have uh, what's that ex opere operato that the by the by the workings of the sacraments uh, they're meritorious. Yes, this, this kind of a thing. Um, but but see here's the thing uh, this is this is to assume then that that most people are taking the uh, or this is promoting I should say this is promoting the sacraments to be mystical but the sacraments are given by our Lord to be anti mystical I mean the reason he attaches his promises to means to to physical elements is so that we can know uh, through means that God has forgiven us and that he uh, he uh, loves us and, and that he accepts us uh, because of the blood of Jesus. This is why he attaches his promises to means so that we wouldn't, he wouldn't have to come to us uh, mi- mystically. I mean, this, oh my goodness. 
This is just complete opposite of terms. <laughs> That's right. Okay. How about one more, then we'll move on to the next game, okay? All right, I got one. The best way to understand the Trinity... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hashtag wiki14. Okay, let me put it in here. Okay. The best way to understand the Trinity as a triad is tonally, not visually. Tonally? Spell that. T-O-N-A-L-L-Y. That means like a sound. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh. like a chord. Okay. Like da-da-da. So you have three notes, but they go and... Now, oh man, there's so many things wrong with that. Lutheran Satire, by the way, who has a Twitter account, got on here and says, that's partialism, Patrick. <laughs> 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 Good old uh, Hans. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you could <laughs> refer to Lutheran satire. What's that uh, St. Patrick's Bad Analogies video for that? Yeah. Um, That's great. Visually. That's partialism, Patrick. The best way to understand the Trinity as a triad is tonally, not visually. Lord have mercy. Um, who's understanding it visually anyway? Who is. <laughs> the mystics. But see, look at uh, you know, mystic. Uh, the mystic, to be a full-on mystic, you've got to have all the senses on the inside. Now, I believe this, by the way. So you have an imagination, but in your imagination, you not only can you, you not only can uh, see things, you hear things, and you uh, smell things imaginatively. So you can't just have the imagination, a visual imagination of the Trinity, but you have to have an audio imagination of a Trinity. Oh, now, now, here's an amazing thing about that is that <laughs> you think, oh, they're talking about hearing. And you, earlier in your grumpy hater radio, in your, in your churchmanly way, said <laughs> that you, we have to use words to create faith. And so now you hear this, and you're like, oh, at least instead of talking about visually, they're talking about sounds, because faith comes by hearing. But notice that they're talking about sounds, but not about the words. Gospel. yeah. <laughs> it's about a chord progression. So it's still an analogy, whether it be a, you know, if, you, if, you say, if you're drawing it up on a chalkboard and you're doing this uh, three-in-one triangle picture or a sound, it's still, a, it's still an analogy. I mean... The the only way that we can confess the Trinity is through the words given to us in Holy Scripture. I mean, sorry, that's just how we do it. So hater. All right, now let's go to the next game. This is translating evangelicalisms. Now this is a oh, bit yeah. of a modified version because normally when we play this game, we have a, a phrase or a saying that is uh, frequented in in uh, I guess American evangelicalism. The all of the non-denominational churches and the denomination churches um, that may be called Protestant that uh, is not Lutheran, I guess. I don't know how to how to define American evangelicalism, but, but that whole kind of mass, that whole culture um, uh, surrounding those churches. Okay, so, uh, but in this case, you know, uh, we're, Club Rogue River's working on getting their radio station started, you know? Yeah, and uh, our radio license is a non-commercial license, which means we can't have um, uh, radio spots that would sell something. So I can't say, uh, "Hey, come by Joe's Bean Shop and and buy a cup of coffee or whatever." 
Um, so that's a, a song. But we, but so that's we're, too bad. You can you advertise Club Rogue River? Come on out to the rave tonight. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but so w- what it's I'm in the rare book section of the library. What I'm what I'm working on because <laughs> we're rarely awesome. What I'm working on is is getting some uh, some uh, some spots they're called that don't actually sell anything. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a company called Lifeline Productions that has put together something like 260 of these little spots that just kind of say a, a helpful message, a little little uh, Christian message in in one minute. Yep. And um, I was going through these to, to see how many of these I could use to kind of fill time on the on the radio station, but I had to go through and and uh, and take out the ones that have some matter of false doctrine in them. Hater, <laughs> and I uh, can't stand the hate. I've uh, I've had to take out probably about fifty percent of them, but I have a few special ones for you. So what I'm going to do, Pastor, is I'm going to play this spot. And you tell me what could possibly be wrong with it. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. All right, here's the first one. Don't worry. I got pulled over by this guy last month, and I pleaded with him not to give me a ticket, and he gave me a warning. Good afternoon. Oh, Mr. Smith, speeding again. Uh, hi, officer. Yeah, I know. I promise I'll never do it again. Okay. I can't believe this. Shh. Please sign here. You're giving me a ticket? You were speeding, sir. That's not fair. You gave me a warning last time. Oh, I see. You want justice. Um. So, to be fair, I'll not only give you a ticket for speeding today, I'll also give you the ticket you deserved last month. Do you continue to live sinfully because you expect God to have mercy? Well, the Bible says conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. God expects us to live holy lives. His grace is amazing. Don't take it for granted. Show your gratitude with obedience. All right. What could possibly be wrong with that, Pastor? Uh, <laughs> well, I suppose it's all... I mean, the first thing is that it's all law. <clears throat> Although, I like this idea that um, the expectation of mercy is idolatry. Yes. So that the gospel used as an excuse for sin is the gospel misused. Uh, I like that idea. But then, it, I mean, it comes along, and the, and the solution that's offered is not repentance, true repentance, which is the opposite of abusing God's grace, but in uh. fact falling on his mercy. And the opposite of it is given as um, obedience. Do Get better with it. works. Yeah. So, I mean... If if that was if that was really our show of of appreciation for the gospel for God's mercy for His grace, none of us would truly be appreciative, right? I mean, who of us uh, is being obedient to the expectation of God? Yeah, not you. Yeah, de- definitely not you, hater. In, in your hate tweets, <laughs> hate tw- hater hater tweets. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to a commercial break, and then we're going to uh, come back and play a little bit more. Uh, we're done with that already? We have, I have three Let's more see. of these that we can listen to, but we have to go to a commercial break. I don't know how much time we'll have for Bible Bee. Maybe we'll do a little more hashtag theology at the end of this game. <laughs> Wait, that's fun. Hater. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. If you have a comment or question for us, send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or give us a call, one 800 385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. We'll be right back. Shake it up, baby, now. Shake it up, baby. Twist and shout. Twist and shout. 
Table Talk Radio. You're laughing too, right? Some nights I stay up cashing in my bad luck. Some nights I call it a draw. Some nights I wish that my lips could build a castle. Some nights I wish they'd just fall off. But I still wake up. Welcome back on Table Talk Radio. All right, Pastor, I have another one for you if you're ready. Oh, oh. Uh, yes. What are we doing again? Translating evangelicalism. Right. I didn't even translate that. Oh, we'll translate it. I forgot it already. Let's do the next one. It, if to show your appreciation, then uh, uh, be obedient. Yeah. Uh, how do you translate that? You, you know, one of the marks of um, of evangelicalism is this thing called pietism, and that is to say that growth in good works is more important than unity of doctrine. We had a different definition of pietism from Pastor Flammy the other day, which was even better. Uh, what was it? How did he define pietism? <laughs> um, I'll find it. Okay, let's do the next one. I'll look for his definition in a minute. All right, here's the next one. Now, Mr. Smith, why don't you lie down on this couch, and I'll take a few notes. Oh, okay. Now, what seems to be the problem? <laughs> I think I'm paranoid. Paranoid, Mr. Smith? <laughs> yes, I feel that deep down I know right from wrong. I know how I'm supposed to behave, and that I don't do what I know I'm supposed to do, and I keep making excuses for why I'm not doing the right thing, and I'm afraid that someday I'm going to stand before God and have to account for what I've done, and I won't have any excuses. <laughs> what was that? Nothing, Mr. Smith. I just broke my pencil. So, do you think I'm paranoid? Not at all. Paranoia is when your fears are based on facts that are not true. So I'm not paranoid? No, you're not. Oh, so everything I'm afraid of is true! Well, that's right. Huh? There is a standard we know we are supposed to live by, and none of us are living up to it. But that's why God offers to forgive us, if we will only agree we need to be forgiven. I could have read that in the Bible. Would have been cheaper, too. That'll be $80. <laughs> <laughs> right. I kind of like these guys. <laughs> That's a, t- a troubled conscience versus a terrified conscience, and that is the sense of paranoia in the conscience, huh? Mm. Yeah. What's yeah. going on there? So uh, here, I mean, I, I think there we can talk about the good point they make, and that is that uh, um, you know that that, that there's actually something. Uh, real when we do when we do something wrong we're actually offending a real god and that there is um uh there is a, a wrath for sin <laughs> now uh, where he puts that wrath i think is is maybe uh something we want to talk about yeah well and and then he says this we we will be forgiven if if we only agree with god that we need to be forgiven Yes. Which is a profound theological statement and probably wrong. I mean, maybe it can be understood rightly in that, so to to recognize our own sinfulness, that that is the first part of repentance. And I suppose that's to agree with God on the business of our damnation. But faith is to then come along and agree with God on the business of our salvation, namely that Jesus died for us. And it this is not to be understood as a condition. In other words, forgiveness of sins comes along when we agree with God that we need it. It's forgiveness of sins is there in the death of Christ. It's that we apprehend it by faith. Right. So, so rather than saying uh, kind of this potential, you could be forgiven if you would accept this, you could say you are forgiven by the work of Christ, and that would be a promise of God that is true because uh, Jesus 
uh, did all the work necessary to forgive our sins when he died on the cross, when he said it is finished. And that is true for all people. So we could declare the promise that it is true. And then uh, upon hearing that word of God, believes it, though that is faith. I mean, that's when we were talking earlier about uh, Romans ten seventeen, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So when someone hears the promise of God that I am forgiven for the sake of Christ, and then they say, wow, really? That's great. That's faith. That's, what, that's actually what God's word does. Yeah. I mean, that's that, exactly so that's right. something different than accepting it and then now completing what's necessary for forgiveness. Now, this fits with the definition of pietism that Pastor Flammy gave, which I found, and it says this. When the order of salvation is understood temporarily instead of logically, pietism is born. Pow! Now, let's explain that. You need some splaining on that. So the order of salvation is like this. Jesus dies, raises, ascends into heaven, sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings the Word of God, and the Word of God brought to the person convicts them of sin and creates faith in the heart. And the, at the point of faith, when the person believes the promise... Uh, they stand justified, righteous, saved, etc. Then the Holy Spirit continues to work, to grow in faith and good works until uh, finally a person dies and goes to heaven. That's the order. Now, uh, the, 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 the point of this is that faith, uh, justification comes after faith. This is understood uh, logically that the word has to come first and then faith is created. But we, we, the pietism makes all of these things temporary, so that first you, first you believe, and then you are saved or forgiven. It makes them all conditional. Ah, See, there you go. And that's, uh, and and so it repentance becomes a one-time event, uh, etc. That moment of acceptance, that moment of decision, which is becomes the biggest of deals. Okay, let's see if that's true in the next one. Here it is. All right. Excuse me, Bob. Do you have a second? Sure. <clears throat> From this time forward, I promise I will be honest with my friends, be loving to my wife, morally straight, pay all my debts, love my country and all people, and always recycle. Why? Because I want to go to heaven! Frank, this is the third time this month you've made this promise. What makes you think you're going to keep it this time? Because this time, I have singers. Singers won't help you get into heaven. Well, of course not, but it strengthens my resolve. Frank, nothing you do gets like you into heaven. It's a gift from God to those who have put their faith in Jesus and are trusting in his forgiveness. Don't you have to keep your promises? Keeping promises is something we do in response to the love God has shown us. It's not something we do to earn his love. Oh. Speaking of paying your debts, do you have the 20 bucks you owe me? Sorry, I used it to pay the singers. Okay. <laughs> Anything wrong with that one? Well, this is the, this is the great uh, you-can't-do-anything-except-for-decide thing. So, <laughs> it's one of the marks of evangelicalism is that they preach against works, every work except for the work of accepting Jesus. Yes. Right? Right. So, I mean, notice what he says. Um, it's a free gift from God to whom? To those who are trusting in him. Well, that doesn't sound like a free gift at all. <laughs> if it's only to those who are trusting in him, then I guess it isn't free. <laughs> it isn't a gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> let me, what would be an analogy here? It'd be like uh, saying, I am giving this free gift of Starbucks coffee to anyone who washes my car. Well, you're kind of doing it as a reward for washing the car then. (laughs) 
I don't know. Uh, uh, you are such a hater. <laughs> well, I have one more like it, and uh, we can do that. This. Should be our table talk radio handle on on the, the Twitter. Such a hater. Hashtag hater. <laughs> Hashtag typical Fort Wayne guys. Just we should Hashtag call it false doctrine hater. Hate the lost. <laughs> okay, here's the one more, and th- this I think is going to be a little bit more profound and it's the same topic but more profound here it is have you seen dad's will yeah have you noticed i'm not in it well, of course not you didn't exactly have a relationship with him okay so there was that time i needed some money and took his precious painting and sold it for a hundred bucks it was worth a million who would i guessed a few brush strokes on canvas would be worth so much you shouldn't have taken it in the first place well it doesn't really matter now that dad has his painting back what yeah Someone paid a million dollars to buy that painting, and then they gave it to Dad. You're kidding. Nope. So Dad should be happy. I still don't understand why I'm not in his will. Have you ever asked him to forgive you? What for? He got his painting back. You're right. The debt is paid. But to heal your relationship with Dad, you need to ask his forgiveness. All of us are guilty of sinning against God. But Jesus paid the price for our sins through his sacrificial death. To have a relationship with God... Have you asked for his forgiveness? That guy has a great radio voice, <laughs> by the way. Uh-huh. I agree. Okay, we have about a minute and a half here. A what is there, with God. Is there a, uh, another working view of atonement going on here? <laughs> Maybe. That's right. So that, so that Jesus has... There's a... There's so, okay, so, so... See, the evangelicals understand salvation in relational terms, uh, a matter of friendship or dating or marriage or uh, something like this. And but it's not not the legal understanding of marriage, the whole relational conversation side of marriage. And heaven is like a big dating booth, and Jesus has asked you out, but you got to accept them, and then you got to do those things that are helpful for the relationship. And so it could be that your sins are atoned for, but there needs to be something more. There needs to be this restored relationship there, and that has to come through asking, praying, etc. That's dangerous. Uh, that's interesting. So you pointed out that the, the biblical view that the Bible gives... <laughs> what an amazing thought that the Bible would give a biblical view. But, but that marriage would be a, a legal thing. So, for example, you have the... Uh, um, the uh what what's it called the well the actual marriage I- itself where there's the the legal vows that are exchanged and then the the husband goes off to prepare a home while the why the the bride waits at you know waits for her groom to come back and 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 and, and get her right to to take her away to the home that he's prepared and uh that's a bit like the stage we're in now that that we have a legal declaration that we uh, are are married that we're the bride of Christ and we're waiting for him to come back to get us. Yep. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Table Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like all the friends I'm making at the hashtag wiki tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Fort Wayne grad. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the cabalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.